Welcome to the reading of the story of immortality from the Brahma Kumaris World Spiritual University in London. The story of immortality is the fascinating tale of a seeker whose spiritual journey is woven from the factual truth of who we are, where we're coming from, where we're headed, and what we need to do. Many new points about our spiritual journey will be revealed, so listen with an open mind until the end of the story and see yourself on this journey. It is recommended that you listen in silence and stillness so that your mind is clear and quiet. Today's reading includes the beginning of Chapter 4 and the teachings. Today, you will be able to answer the following eight questions. 1. What are the two cycles within which the story of time on earth unfolds? 2. Why was it not a problem for us to take part in the drama? How did the problem begin? 3. What is the difference between this play and all other dramas? 4. What happens in the third act? 5. When do you first learn of the story? And what do you learn? 6. What has God come to do? 7. What are the eternal aspects of this cycle of time? 8. Does God create the cycle? And why can't you ask when it begins and when it will end? Chapter 4. The Drama of Four Ages. The Cycle of Time. On the morning of your fourth lesson, you awaken to find a large piece of parchment lying on the ground next to your bed, and with it a plate of fruit. Your father has been here and left. Perhaps he has gone for a walk. You take a piece of fruit and lower yourself onto the ground, where you open the parchment fully and turn it slightly. It is a large circle that is divided into quadrants. Each quadrant is a different color. And within each there are small images. You lean closer to study the images and are so intent in scrutinizing the parchment that you do not hear your father approach 
Suddenly, he is there, and your attention flies from the parchment to him. He's smiling at you and asks how you slept. You assure him you slept soundly. Though you do not remember when you fell asleep and cannot remember dreaming, you thank him for the morning gifts and you point to the parchment, asking him to tell you more about this picture. He nods and settles down next to you, laying the piece of parchment across your laps. His index finger moves across the parchment and comes to rest in the quadrant on the upper right, which is the lightest of the four. It portrays a beautiful land filled with golden light. This, he says, is the beginning of the cycle of time on earth. Just as a day is a cycle moving from early morning until late at night, and a year is a cycle within which there are seasons, these cycles spin within an even larger cycle, which is of 5,000 years. And within this cycle, there are four ages, plus the auspicious confluence age in which we're living now. Long ago, you fell into a kind of a waking sleep, he says as deep as the one from which you have just awakened. And just as you cannot remember what happened between the time you slipped into sleep and the time you emerged into the morning, likewise you cannot remember when you fell into this millennial sleep or what transpired during that time. But if you could remember the time before you fell asleep, you would remember living in this glorious golden age when you had everything you could have possibly wanted. All treasures, all powers, complete sovereignty. Over the next several hours, he tells you the grandest story you have ever heard. As he's talking, his finger moves steadily around the circle on the parchment. You begin to understand that you, the inner spiritual being, are involved in a sort of play, an epic drama, on a scale so vast that you had lost sight of the edges of it. Long ago, when you stepped into your first role in this drama, you knew that it was a play in the physical world and that you, the spiritual actor, were playing a part. In those early times, you understood that you were putting on a physical costume the body in this limited play and you would do so easily. 
Then when that part was finished, you would set the physical body aside just as easily. But somehow in the series of entries and exits on and off the stage, you had forgotten that it is a play. You had begun to think you were that part, grieving when the part came to an end and clinging to the costume and the role. Now it seems that the director has surprisingly walked onto the stage to talk with the actors, reminding you that you are not these roles. At first, you are all disoriented as if to say, what is he talking about? But then, as he continues to explain, you have begun to remember that, yes, before you were on this stage, you were resting somewhere else, with him, and with one other, in perfect stillness and peace. The experience of being in this drama has somehow swept you away, and in the pageantry and excitement of it all, the memory of your home has slowly faded until finally you thought this stage was your home and this costume was you. He explains that this play, unlike all other dramas, is self-renewing and that now those who will begin the first act of the new drama must begin to prepare. The first act of the drama opens in a golden age, a time of extreme purity. It is a time that is sometimes referred to as paradise. And those who are fortunate enough to live in this time are very, very happy. The second act of the drama also takes place in a pure time, not as pure as the first act, but still very pure and beautiful. It is known as the Silver Age. And those who have parts in this age are also very happy. The world stage then undergoes a kind of transition and moves to a third act, the Copper Age. Those who live in the Copper Age have forgotten that they are spirits and believe that they are bodies, the costumes they have taken on. This is the age of commerce, bargaining and trading a time of merchants and also soldiers. Those who live in the Copper Age begin to experience sadness, anger and limitation. It is a time when Ravan the Vices first enters the world. Then follows the Iron Age, a time of extreme darkness and conflict. This, he reminds you, 
is where you were when he found you and led you through that magical door and into the final age, the short and very auspicious Confluence Age. As he explains, you again experience a kind of double vision. It feels as if the part you have played is real, and at the same time that what he is saying is also real. You feel as if you are both the eternal, spiritual actor playing temporary physical roles and that you are also this physical role. Teachings The Father comes at this time to tell you things of knowledge. He explains that his teachings tell the story of the world. What is the story? It is of souls being wealthy in the early morning and becoming beggars by the evening. When you are wealthy, you do not hear this story. It is at the confluence age that you hear the story of the world history and geography and of how you can change from a beggar to a prince. The father is telling you the story of the past. It is a very short story. It is told to you in a nutshell. This story is of four ages, plus a fifth one which is the leap age, the confluence age. It is the story of the cycle of time in which the world moves from day to night and then from night to day. In between the night and the day there is the dawn. It is also the story of a variety play of all souls, the drama of actors on the world stage, making their entrances at different times and playing their variety roles. The Father has come to awaken the fortune of human beings. The Father looks at the children and thinks, you have been wandering around on the path of search. You practiced devotion for so many births. What was it all for? In order to find God and to reclaim your lost sovereignty. Now it is the end of your searching. God is now giving you the fruit of that search. The cycle of time. This world cycle turns second by second. There's no end to it. Minute by minute the ticking continues as the world cycle continues to move. One second cannot be the same as the next. This world cycle makes one complete turn every 5,000 years. The world is eternal. 
it can never be destroyed. The world drama too is eternal. You are actors in this drama and you have your part recorded within you. Not a single soul can be excused from playing a part in this eternal drama. Everyone has to play a part. Your part continues eternally. It can never end, even though one second cannot be the same as the next. There is such subtlety in understanding this. There is only this one drama and there is only one world where this drama is played. You understand that you are all actors and that you come at your accurate time onto the world stage to play your part. Every soul enters the world in its original stage number-wise at its accurate time. I explain the secrets to you. On listening to the secrets, you should not ask when the cycle was created. It is eternally made. If I had created it, you could then ask me when I created it. This world cycle is eternal. So the question of when or why it began cannot arise. If you were told that it began at such and such a time, you would then ask, when will it end? But it never does. This world cycle continues to spin. It has four quadrants. It is divided accurately into four quarters. Golden, silver, copper and iron. None is slightly more or less. Then there is a fifth incognito short age which no one knows about. And this is called the auspicious time of the confluence of the two cycles. The world stage, the beginning. This world is a huge stage on which this unlimited play is performed. It has huge lights, the sun, moon and stars, which are constantly lit. In the beginning, the elements of matter are in perfect order and work as instruments of happiness. The land and all its treasures are first class. The entire planet and ocean are without petitions and divisions. Everything is Satopradan and operates on the principle of truth. The world and matter are completely pure and there is natural beauty. 
the vegetation, with its greenery, with the movement of its leaves, plays various forms of beautiful music. The swaying of the leaves of the trees and their movement make different varieties of natural rhythms. The bird songs fill the air with natural melodies. The water flows through natural herbs and acquires special properties such that it always remains pure. The sun's rays do the work of different forms of light and energy. Everything is natural. The weather is always like springtime and all the elements remain in order. There is plenty of land and it does not cost anything. People can take as much land as they want and there is no municipal tax. Matter serves everyone and everything is plentiful. The pure earth gives in abundance. The water of the ocean is like milk and the sky is like a canopy of protection. The ones who rule are benevolent bestowers. The character of all the people is divine and their religion is peace and nonviolence. The kingdom is operated by refined atomic energy. The mines are full of precious diamonds and other valuable stones which are used to decorate the buildings. The buildings are like palaces. Nothing remains unattained. The world stage is in perfect order. It is called the land of truth, the land of happiness and peace, and the land of immortality. This is the state of the world stage in the Golden and Silver Ages, the first half of the cycle of time, the day of the human world. Do listen next week for the continuation of the Seeker's Journey. Om Shanti which means I am a peaceful soul, and so I acknowledge all listeners too as peaceful souls. Om Shanti